Hello and welcome to an exclusive podcast brought to you by VJ Oncology, an open access video journal that provides healthcare professionals with trusted and up-to-date information in oncology. Today, we hear from three clinicians who talk on key updates in the GU field as discussed at the annual AACR virtual meeting, including CAR-T approaches in clear cell RCC, updates from I'm Vigor 130, and the use of circulating DNA in prostate cancer. First, we hear from Yufei Wang of the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, who discusses the development of dual-targeted, fine-tuned, immune-restoring CAR T-cells for the treatment of clear-cell renal cell carcinoma. I presented uh, my work on the development of dual-targeted, fine-tuned, immune-restoring, uh, aka uh, deferred CAR T-cell therapy for the uh, clear-cell renal cell carcinoma. As we all know that the CAR T-cell therapy has gained uh, great uh, success in the hematological malignancies. However, uh, the success has not been uh, translated to the solid tumor yet. Uh, to apply the uh, cell therapy to the solid tumor, uh, especially, uh, specifically uh, CCRCC, uh, we have designed uh, uh, deferred CAR T cells. Uh, defer uh, is short for uh, dual-targeted fine-tuned immune-restoring uh, CAR T cells. The dual-targeted uh, technology um, ensures uh, the CAR recognition in the presence of uh, tumor heterogeneity in the solid tumors uh, by targeting both uh, carbonic hydrous 9 and CD70. Fine-tuning part means that uh, we perform the, the affinity fine tuning to, um, uh, we perform the uh, affinity fine tuning of the single chain bubble fragments so that uh, uh, CAR T cells are only activated in the presence of high density tumor associated antigens on the tumor cells, but not the same antigens uh, with low expression on the uh, normal tissues so that uh, we elevated the safety profile of the CAR T cells. And uh, as we all know that uh, in the solid tumors, tumor uh, microenvironment, especially the uh, immunosuppressive tumor microenvironment uh, is one of the hurdles uh, preventing uh, CAR T cell therapy translating to the uh, solid tumors. So that to restore the active uh, anti-tumor immunity at the tumor site, uh, we armored uh, the CAR T cells with uh, immune checkpoint inhibitor antibodies, which can be secreted at the uh, tumor site um, and uh, uh, release the breaks of the uh, immune systems. So basically this is novel design uh, for the uh, CCRCC therapy. And we also established uh, uh, in vitro, uh, ex vivo and in vivo models to evaluate this novel uh, different car design. So uh, in vitro, actually we uh, discovered uh, several uh, CRISPR uh, Cas9 engineered cell lines, uh, including the uh, CNI CD70 double positive, CNI single positive, CD70 single positive, and uh, uh, CNI CD70 double negative uh, CCRCC cell lines. And uh, we proved that our new uh, targeted CAR T can not only kill the double positive population, but also uh, it killed the CNI single positive and CD70 single positive population. So that uh, the CAR-T uh, therapeutic index 
uh, has been uh, elevated. We also uh, test our uh, fine-tuned CAR T cells uh, on both tumor cells and uh, uh, normal cells with really low uh, CNA expression. And we proved that uh, uh, our CAR T cells after fine-tuning only target the CNA high uh, tumor cells, but not the CNA low cholangiocytes. So we successfully mitigated uh, on target of tumor side effects. For the uh, immune restoring CAR T cells, uh, you know, we armored the CAR T cells with uh, uh, immune checkpoint uh, inhibitors so that uh, these inhibitors can be released uh, at the tumor side and restore the anti-tumor activity. And uh, we also evaluate this immune-restoring CAR T cells in a novel uh, in vivo uh, mouse model. We call it a humanized CCRCC NSG SGM3 uh, mouse model, which reconstitutes uh, the human uh, CCRCC tumor microenvironment uh, in vivo. With that, uh, we uh, tested the immune restoring CAR T cells uh, in this model, and we found that uh, uh, immune restoring CAR T cells with uh, anti PDL1 antibody payload uh, performed the uh, superior efficacy compared to the one. Uh, with irrelevant payload or with the irrelevant CAR. Not only the CAR T cells can maintain the active function, uh, but also the CAR T cells uh, secrete the uh, immune checkpoint inhibitors and uh, reverse the, the uh, immunosuppressive tumor microenvironment. Next, Enrique Grande of the MD Anderson Cancer Center Madrid outlines the overall survival data from the phase three I'm Vigor 130 study of atezolizumab with or without gemcitabine and platinum agents for untreated metastatic urothelial carcinoma. Hey, my name is Enrique Grande from the MD Anderson Cancer Center in Madrid, Spain, and it was my pleasure to present at this ACR 2021 virtual meeting uh, the results of the subgroup analysis we performed at the Invigo 130. According to the overall survival, depending on the response the patient had uh, during the induction phase with chemotherapy. At this time, uh, well, we did a retrospective analysis of what was the outcome in between two of the arms of treatment treated in the Invigo 130 patients. Those patients with metastatic urothelial carcinoma were randomized into three arms, but uh, we will not talk about the uh, atezolizumab as a single agent, and we will focus on the, on the two arms with chemotherapy as a, as a, as a standard treatment, or um, those patients randomized into chemotherapy plus atezolizumab in combination during the induction phase followed by maintenance of atezolizumab. We think this uh, retrospective analysis is timely appropriate as far as uh, well the, the landscape of the metastatic urothelial tumors in the upfront treatment has changed after the results of the javelin bladder trial in which the maintenance treatment with abelumab after an induction phase of four to six cycles of chemotherapy has become the reference standard of care. 
what we observe in the retrospective analysis, in this exploratory analysis of the Invigo 130, is that uh, well, there was a trend to improve the overall survival for those patients who were initially randomized to the combination of chemo plus ateso followed by maintenance atezolizumab versus the standard chemotherapy alone without any maintenance treatment. Um, the overall results are in line and consistent with the intention to treat uh, data we have for overall survival. This trend to improve the overall survival, unfortunately, did not reach the statistical significance. And, uh, and in the same way that happened in the intensive treated population, those patients who were randomized to cisplatin plus gemcirabine plus atezolizumab uh, seems to did better than uh, those patients who were uh, treated with carboplatin-based chemotherapy. It is also interesting to remark that those patients who progress uh, during the induction phase of chemotherapy, either as a chemotherapy alone or in combination with atezolizumab, well, of course, they had a purer prognosis, but those patients who received the combination of chemo plus ateso and progress during the uh, induction phase of chemotherapy, um, they did it, they tend to do it better uh, when they were treated with maintenance atezolizumab at that point. I think these data are consistent with the uh, publication of the Javelin Bladder 100 in the, uh, in the maintenance abelumab in this field and reinforces the idea that the maintenance with immunotherapy after an induction phase of chemotherapy uh, of at least four cycles are um, translating into a benefit in a better overall survival. Finally, Arpit Rao from the University of Minnesota talks on the clinical utility of liquid biopsies in prostate cancer. The other great area of need and uh, exciting advances in prostate cancer is liquid biopsy. So um, as many of you who do prostate cancer, either uh, in basic setting or in clinical setting, as you're aware, it's very hard to get biopsy, uh, tissue biopsy from prostate cancer metastases, given that they're either nodal, which is small and deep in the, in the pelvis or the abdomen, or they're in the bones, which is uh, typically sclerotic lesions, which tend to have lower biopsy yields. So there's a number of approaches to find the right uh, target to biopsy. And in specialized center like ours, we um, use CT-guided or MRI-guided or, or advanced imaging-guided uh, percutaneous needle biopsies to try to get uh, the, the area of the lesion that appears to be most active. and and perhaps increase the yield that way. But at the end of the day, there is still about a 30% specimen failure rate. So this, the, the most recent estimate for a specimen failure rate comes from the profound study, which is a phase three, uh, random, oh, phase three randomized study of Olaparib. And in that study, they ended up sequencing about 4,200 subjects and with a specimen failure rate for archival tissue of about 30%. And so there's, Definitely a need for liquid biopsy approaches. Circulating tumor cell-based assays have been around for a number of years now, they've, and they've been used in prognostic settings. So Howard Scher and many others around the country have looked at CTC conversion, so early decline in CTCs as a, as a predictive marker or as a prognostic marker. And there does seem to be a, a, a good correlation between CTC decline and uh, uh, longer overall survival. So that's, that's an area of, uh, of developing data. But I think 
the challenge there being that CTC yield uh, tends to be variable and uh, that workflow may not be appropriate for all institutions that want to do liquid biopsies. So uh, the two other approaches that we're working on, uh, one involves circulating tumor DNA or cell-free DNA, uh, looking at uh, plasma samples and, and uh, uh, sequencing that tumor DNA, looking at viral fraction and doing um, pipeline bioinformatics to assess what is going on in the tumor. Uh, and that uh, has actually been shown, ctDNA has actually been compared with archival in a number of studies now, but the one that I always quote is uh, from the lung cancer data where they looked at EGFR um, mutations in uh, ctDNA and compared that with the archival. And in fact, it does seem like ctDNA performs um, just as well, if not better, all things considered, uh, compared with archival tissue. So I, I would not hesitate to say that ctDNA has a growing and perhaps even a more important role in the coming years uh, when you compare that with archival tissue. And one final area that's of, uh, of my particular interest is exosomes. So exosomes are these uh, small particles, uh, a certain nanometer in size, uh, that are shed from all living cells and, and especially from dividing cells and especially from prostate cancer cells. And we've developed a, a methodology along with many other groups around the world on isolating prostate cancer specific exosomes. And the benefit there is that it basically encapsulates all of the transcriptome of the cell. So it gives you an idea. It perhaps adds, adds value to ctDNA sequencing because now you can look at the whole transcriptome. You can also um, look at that with a great, um, greatly increased sensitivity because of the sheer number of uh, particles that are shed. So last year we presented this data that in, um, in our cohort of about 40 patients, in every uh, mill of plasma, we were able to isolate 10 to the power nine to 10 to the power 11 particles, exosome particles uh, on a consistent basis. So that's another, uh, another area of liquid biopsy that may uh, gain traction and, and clinical utility in the coming years. If you have found this podcast useful, don't forget to leave a review and make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app, including Apple, Spotify, and Podbean, so we can continue to deliver expert-led content to you. Follow us on Twitter at VJ Oncology and join in the conversation. And finally, don't forget to visit vjoncology.com for all the latest updates in the GU field.